0: On Tuesday, for those who are there, we introduced a series, a series we will be honored to finish tonight. On Tuesday, we said that uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we'll be looking at different aspects of greatness, because our theme for the Bible week has been legendary prayers. It's been about praying those prayers that will stand to be quoted in history. And so tonight as we come to the climax, allow me just to do a quick recap of uh, Wednesday and Thursday so that when we tie it up to today, some of you who are not there may be able to connect the threads. Can I do that briefly? Thank you. So on Tuesday we looked at uh, no, on Wednesday we looked at deliverance. People who deliver instead of waiting to be delivered, they go ahead and deliver. Then yesterday which was Thursday, we looked at king makers. Men and women who do not wait for the king to rule over them, neither do they wait for a king to be made for them. They go and make the king. So we said on on Wednesday that the whole land of Egypt was crying for salvation. They were crying for deliverance. And the Bible proves this to us, that one man stood up and he offered the solution. That man was called Moses. And we said for Moses to succeed, he needed a few elements in his favor. The first element he needed was the element of the fire. And we said it is the fire of the Holy Spirit. Never can man deliver without the fire. Fire is one of the most mysterious elements available in our world or in our nature. And in the same way, in the spiritual realm, there is fire of the spirit. When a man is marked by that fire, he is able to deliver. Without the fire, there can be no deliverance. Even in metallurgy or the making of metals, fire plays a critical role. It is fire that will prove that this is silver. It is fire that will prove that this is gold. And so without the fire, there cannot be a basis for deliverance. And as a deliverer, as a man or a woman who wants to see his people delivered, you must be obsessed about having fire in your life. The second thing we said about Moses was companionship. Divine companionship. And we said again there is a need for kingdom companions as opposed to good companions. A man can have a companion who is good, but if he's not a kingdom companion, he will let him down. Along the way, a journey that was expected to take weeks, as it turns into years, these companions may turn and begin to bring problems for them. So we said on Tuesday, on Wednesday, do not boast about good companions, boast about kingdom companions. Kingdom companions work in a reverse psychology. When you put them in jail like Paul, they get more energized and more inspired when you begin to bring them down by stoning them, they wake up and they continue pursuing the mission. Let me me comfort you. In this world, God has a special gift for you. It is called kingdom relatives. Men and women who will manifest an attitude you will never see anywhere else. The more they give, the more they want to give. The more they suffer, the more they want to suffer. The more they bleed for you, the more they want to bleed for you. And some of you, maybe after this or during this meeting, you need just to whisper, Lord, give me kingdom relations. Give me kingdom relations. God can put them in the school of your children. God can put them in the colleges of your children. Men and women, the more they are suffering for the sake of your interests, the more they want to suffer. We see it in the life of the apostles. These men could not be stopped. The more they were beaten, the more they grew stronger. In fact, the church of Jesus Christ is a kingdom church, meaning the more you pursue it with the persecutions, the more it will thrive and thrive. So Moses receives a kingdom companion. His name was Aaron. He was not perfect, but he was kingdom. Lastly, Moses knew his audience. When he went to Egypt, the Bible says, and... You shall show these signs before the elders when you reach in Egypt. So Moses gathered all the elders and he presented his vision to them. And we said on, our, on Wednesday, when men know their audience, then their ministry or their mission becomes more serious. But when they don't know their audience, they can falter and they can make excuses and they can even fail. And sometimes all you need to tell the Lord about your children is, Lord, open their eyes to their audience. Let them know their audience so that they live as expected, so that they rise and perform as expected. Finally, we looked yesterday at a man whom I love, the man called Samuel, who was a kingmaker. We looked at the fact that the whole land was crying. Oh, we need a king. We want to be like the other nations. We need a king. And one man rose up and he said, I, not the Lord, I will give you the king. So it is possible to be a kingmaker. But how do you become a kingmaker? Number one, we said, know your history. Samuel was born out of a barren womb. Samuel was born out of adversity. And the more Samuel thrived in the knowledge of who he was, that he was a Nazarite, that he was separated, the more Samuel was getting ready for his mission. But we said there were about three qualities of Samuel. Number one, he was a seer. What does it mean, a seer? Seer meant in the whole land, nobody was was having the grace to see. Everybody else was blind, save for one man called Samuel. And we said sometimes one of the ways to be prepared as a kingmaker is to operate in the opposite need of your days. When the people are saying there is no word from God, you trust God to be the one carrying the word from God. When the people are saying miracles can no longer happen, trust God to use you as the example that miracles can happen. And we said something very sensitive, that leadership is tied to seeing. Without sight, you cannot be a leader. A leader is as good as his eyes. If the eyes of the person who says he's a leader are not open, he cannot exercise power. For example, and I didn't use this example. Let me just use it for now. Let's say, God forbid, one of you here has a growth on the left side or on the right side. And I'm a man of God. I want to be used by God to cure it or to heal it. If the Lord does not open my eyes to see the side where the growth is, and even to discern whether it is a growth or not a growth, immediately I stand disqualified to exercise authority. We have authority to the extent of our sight. Till we can discern that on the left side of this man or this woman there is a growth, and then speak it in, in, in boldness and in faith, we cannot be able to cure that growth. I beg you people, more than anything, desire to see. Tell you I never desire to see. Because only seers can lead. Blind men cannot lead. The reason why we have less miracles is because the people called to walk in miracles are not seeing. Because when you see, then you can speak according to what you see. But when you don't see, what will you say? How do you tell that there are two people here with a sickness and you can't see the sickness? How do you tell there are people with a financial difficulty and you cannot see it? Sight is our basis of leadership. Jesus said the blind cannot lead. Not they cannot sympathize or help. No, they cannot lead the blind. And one of the, re- one of the things that really gave Jesus authority was the fact that his eyes were constantly open. He saw as God saw. He spoke according to what he saw. The Bible says, what I see my father, not what I feel my father, what I see my father doing, that is what I do. I beg you people, desire to be a seer. Desire to see. Samuel was a seer, but Samuel also was a judge. Judgment is not about I decree you are cursed or I decree you are blessed. No. Judgment is when you walk around and you bring balance, you bring fairness, you bring equity, you bring uh, sobriety. When you bring things into order, then you are a judge. And we said yesterday, and it was a passionate thing from our heart, that as men, we need to decide why did God create us as men? What is our role as judges as men? And as women, why did God create you as a what? As a woman. What is your role to exercise as a woman, as a judge? One of the judges we have in the Bible is called Deborah. And I have no time to go into Deborah. But all in all, we can say women can be judges. Men can be judges. But they have to exercise that judgment. As they walk around, if they see anything out of place, they have to bring the mind of God about it. Samuel was a politician, the third thing we said. And as a politician, that was his undoing. The Bible says how Samuel in chapter 8 of 1 Samuel, uh, how Samuel now brought his sons to be in the leadership. And when he brought his sons to be the leadership, the sons who had not been trained by God began to fail. And we said something very serious. We even said it during Moses, that in the kingdom, there are no relatives. There are no friends. There are no acquaintances. There is only the objective. Let it sink to some of you. To be a king and a kingmaker, you cannot have relatives. You cannot have friends. You cannot have cronies and acquaintances. You can only have the objective. And I added my own words by saying, a king cannot have feelings. A king can only be great. Some of you, if you had not succumbed to feelings, Today you will be great. But thank God, today is the day the Lord has made. That those who lost it can regain it. Amen. That those who had gotten lost can get back their feet. And they can come back to greatness. I repeat, a king cannot have feelings. A king can only have greatness. <laughs> Finally, Samuel went back to Rama, his hometown. And there he retired never to be heard of again. Why? A king had taken over. And we say this king has a son. His name is Jesus. The day you crown Jesus, the day you enthrone him, you will step aside. That is the day you will come to rest. The day Jesus will take over your personality, that is the day you will come to rest. The day Jesus will take over your attitude, that is the day you will go back home and you'll rest. Till the king is in charge, there is no rest. Samuel, after anointing David, the Bible says after that he went back to Ramah, and he rested till the day he died. Many people are waiting for rest, but the king has not yet arrived. Many people are rushing to, to sit down, but the king has not yet arrived. In fact, we were saying last night, till David walked in, nobody was allowed to sit down. And I beg you people, do not allow your friends or your relatives to sit down till the king whose name is Jesus has walked in and the bible says how samuel i mean how david was already acknowledged by heaven but because nobody had endorsed him on earth he was not yet to take his place jesus is already king of kings and lord of lords but it is a spiritual theory which you need to manifest in the natural by stepping out and crowning him king over the people god has called you to do will we all do that will we all do that how many look forward to retirement where you are no longer burdened about your temper you know and your little mouth or your big mouth you just want to go home and rest now you are saved you are free the answer to that crown the son of david and go home he will take care of goliath he will take care of everything else. The future began to be bright when David took over. Till Jesus has taken over, the future cannot be bright. Tonight we are looking at Daniel. And we are saying, I was telling pastor and he was excited. He said, yes, I wish I can be there. I told him tonight's topic is called New Territory Managers. New Territory Managers. And we're going to learn how to be in charge of new territories.